Hi filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California. I'd like to welcome you to the show. I want you for a second to think of yourself, you know, insert your name. Say, you know, I say Jason is a filmmaker. That, that would be me talking about myself. So insert your name and repeat it after me. I am a filmmaker. Now that sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? I, I think it's very cool. But you know, taking it a step further, how cool would it be to see your movie playing on the big screen? Now, when I was new to all of this filmmaking stuff, the whole idea of seeing my movie out there, you know, all of it was a bit of a dream to think that one day I'd have a, a feature film under my bet. Then I finally saw my first feature on the big screen and it felt like I had achieved something. I wasn't sure what I had achieved, but it was definitely one of those like, oh man, I made it, you know, one of those moments. And the thing is, you know, I could share these with these examples with you and talk about all the awesomeness, right? All the wonderful things that happened as a result of a lot of hard work. Um, but that won't do you or me, frankly, any good. Uh, so I need to get real with you. Um, and, and, you know, here's the thing. When I share these stories with you, uh, I'm teaching by example. You can obviously take whatever I, I tell you, keep what works, ignore the rest. If you think I'm wacky in some instances, just ignore that stuff. If you think other things are useful, keep that. You know, I'm just here to share what I know. It's all I can share. And here's what I know. If you're like most filmmakers, you probably want to see your movie on the big screen. Otherwise, why would you make a movie? Um, and if you remember in an earlier podcast, I was telling you about how, you know, there were times when my ego got super inflated um, and, it, you know, to my own detriment um, and, and why that's no good. Um, and so here's the reality of indie filmmaking. After making a feature film, my lifestyle, frankly, didn't change all that much. Um, it was interesting. I mean, I, I was starting to get a little bit of passive income. Uh, from the movie, uh, every quarter I would get a check and the check was an okay size check, you know, for what it was. Um, but you know, it wasn't the multi-million dollar deal that I thought that we were going to land. And, and I think we were all slightly disappointed about that as, as I'm sure most filmmakers would be. Um, and the interesting thing about making a movie is you work so hard to get it made. And as soon as it's over, you have this period of a letdown. You're like, well, now what? And you know what that now what is? Now what is getting back in the mad dash hustle to get another movie made, to find the next opportunity. And it was during this time that I felt just a little bit lost. When you make a movie and you go and you get in festivals and then you get all these calls from distributors. Um, and by the way, this is before I became a distributor myself. But, you know, you're doing this, you're getting these calls and then you got to start thinking about marketing and then you start thinking about distribution. All of this stuff keeps you super busy right? In, in some ways, the activity defines your entire life for a while. I'm a feature filmmaker. I'm making a movie, I'm getting this movie made. We're in the festivals with this movie. I mean, that's sort of like your baby. You, you raised it from script to screen, and now it's a reality. And after a while, the interesting thing that happens is if you don't watch it, you start spending all of your time promoting yesterday's movie for very little return, your friends end up, they get married, they start having babies, they start buying houses. And again, your babies are filmmaking and the films that you produce and the next ones you plan on producing. Um, you know, a, a kind of a sad story, but I know this one guy who 
convinced his family to hand over their family savings to get a movie made. He finished the project. He got his movies into festivals. He even won some awards. And sadly, that was it. There was no minimum guarantee, no upfront cash advance, no three-picture deals, no studios came knocking, and there was no more money. And again, like the heartbreaking fact is like he was using his family's money. Can you imagine that? So, you know, ever since I started this crazy career, I've heard these types of stories over and over again. You know, when I started, filmmakers would finance their movies with credit cards. They didn't have any experience. They didn't have any marketing plan, just a bunch of blind faith. And even with these harsh lessons, many filmmakers still bank on their future, hoping that one of their movies is going to hit a home run. And at that point in time, when their movie hits a home run, they will be happy. I have the most awesome idea for a movie. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Having the most awesome idea for a movie? I know many filmmakers who got into the whole movie-making business thinking that this would make them rich. Then they made a movie... And then the reality set in. Here's a lesson I learned. Hope. The word hope. It is not a good filmmaking business model. You do not build a business based on hope. And then you got to think about all the money that's being spent. Hoping. Hoping that it'll become a great business. It's not all about the money. You know. When I was working full time in video on demand distribution... Uh, at, a last, at a previous company, I got at least three calls a week from filmmakers who told me that it really isn't about the money. These filmmakers said that they would be happy just to get their movies on Netflix. You know, can you call Netflix? Uh, I don't need any money. Just I just want to get my movie on there so that uh, somebody can see it. Nine times out of ten, once the negotiation started, suddenly it became very much about the money. Because, you know, if you think about it, it's always about the money. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, superficial here. But I would imagine if you go back and you, if you ask your movie investor, sometimes it's the credit card company that funded your movie. Other times it's the people that helped crowdfund your movie, um, you know, that supported you and contributed. You know, if you go back to them and you ask those people whether or not it's about the money, sooner or later you, you, you're going to realize that, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is about the money. There are things like very human things that matter. Sooner or later, you're going to want to have a family. You're going to want to have a house. You're going to want to have a nice car and you're going to want to have the ability to travel. So you're going to know, you need to know how to make money. Now I, I'm, you know, I have a tendency to talk a lot about building an audience. Um, and I talk about it for this very reason. and, And I'm sure in future podcasts, we'll get in to the nitty gritty of that. But I can't make it any more clear. If you want to become a professional filmmaker, you need to know something about making, saving, and keeping your money. And I get it. I get it that you love making movies and you'd love it if this whole podcast was about the best camera that you should go out and buy or the best lenses. I get that, right? But there's tons of other stuff to teach you that. And the truth of the matter is you have bills to pay. So, you know, oftentimes for us as filmmakers, it's feast or famine. It's common for our industry. People don't sleep. There's lots of stress. Days become years. And worse, we think about filmmaking success all wrong. Often we look at other filmmakers like Kevin Smith or Edward Burns or Robert Rodriguez and we think, what if? What if you had their success? And then you end up beating yourself up for being so far behind 
you know, all these guys. You know, those guys made their movies in their 20. How are you going to catch up and get a movie made? You know, I ask myself those questions too. We all do. We all compare ourselves to some of the people that are doing a little bit better than us. So my suggestion to you is focus on what you can. Don't buy another piece of fancy equipment that you can't afford. Don't sit around hoping that it's all going to work out. You know it will. You know that you have a vision. And maybe you're like a lot of filmmakers. You totally dream of running your own mini movie studio so that you can employ your friends. Maybe you want to make a slate of movies. All that stuff sounds awesome, right? But let's go back to the difference between your ego versus your bank account. As you can probably imagine, I read a lot of books written by success gurus. It's a hobby of mine. I find it relaxing. And every once in a while, I'll read something really profound. And this guy, James Malachek, wrote something that I thought was awesome. And here's the quote. Don't fill your ego, fill your bank account. Don't fill your ego, fill your bank account. There's a lot of filmmakers out there who focus on the wrong stuff. Lots of excuses for doing activities that don't get you closer to your filmmaking goals. Need the latest and greatest camera? Guess you better keep working that crap job a little bit longer to pay off the camera purchase. You can't make a movie without a million dollars? Guess you better stay true to your vision and wait for the next one. Wouldn't want to alter the script. You don't have A-list talent attached? Guess you better not do anything until your first move um, to Hollywood and make the connections. You can't finish your screenplay because you're too busy? Maybe tomorrow. Guess that's a good idea. You should only write when you're feeling it. Otherwise, why bother? Okay, I'm going to end these examples here. You probably have a gazillion more excuses to add to that list. And I, you know, I'm coming up with these things not because I'm imagining them out of thin air. I'm sharing a little bit of myself with you. I used to do the same things. I would spend my mornings checking email and running errands. I'd stop to eat with friends and I would waste a lot of time. Often I would pretend that everything that I was doing was good business. I was networking. But really, I was just too scared to take action. I was afraid to check things off my task list that really mattered. I feared success. I know it sounds odd. But the next thing you know, it's evening. And I failed to get one step closer to my filmmaking goals. I'll call that prospective investor tomorrow, I would say. But I should have called him today. Does that make me an excuseaholic? Hopefully less and less. And so I want to get back to the question, the one I asked you, uh, you know, a few episodes ago. And the question was, do you know the real reason why most indie movies do not make money? And here's my confession. I don't know. I seriously don't know. And I'm not being goofy here. The, The truth is, no matter how many fancy things come across your desk and different ideas people share on the festival circuit, you know, in the independent filmmaking community, nobody truly knows the recipe for why one movie succeeds while another movie fails. Not the studios, not your astute movie nerd friend, not your family, not even James Cameron. Although, if James Cameron pitched a weird movie concept, I would be inclined to listen. <laughs> but I can tell you this. Out of the hundreds of filmmakers that I have helped, the ones who actually make money view their filmmaking as a serious business. They created goals from the onset, and then they formulated a detailed plan to reach their goals. This is completely different from the I'm going to get into Sundance and sell it mentality. The Sundance thing is a lottery. 
those filmmakers fail fast because they're basing their entire business on hope. And it took me a really long time to realize this. But having a camera collecting dust in your closet is not getting you closer to getting a movie made. Sure, you know, having a camera, having that equipment in your closet, that makes you feel good. Your ego probably loves it. Mine did. I had a great camera in my closet one time, and my ego loved to show my friends. Check out my Aeroflex BL and these rolls of film, because that was potential. It was potential for my future. Was I ever going to use that camera and get my movie made? Maybe. But then life got in the way many times. And after a few setbacks, if you're anything like me, you start to question your future as a filmmaker. Do you really want to make movies for the ego boost? Do you want to make movies as a hobby? Do you want to make movies as your career? What does filmmaking success look like for you? And see, the thing is, only you know what drives you. But you better get honest with yourself. What are the most important things to you? What things do you value the most? This stuff is different for everybody. And chances are your responses will change over time. Look back on your answers a decade from now and life is going to look a heck of a lot different. So I want you to know this. Every time you say you're going to work on something for your movie, is it going to feed your ego or will it actually get you closer to achieving your goal and possibly feeding your bank account? So as always, take action, make your movie now. And if you need some additional help on any of this stuff, well, you might want to visit makeyourmovienow.com. There's some good stuff over there. Hope you're well. My name is Jason Brubaker. Feel free to email me anytime, jason at filmmakingstuff.com.